0: Hey, familia, we're Edgar and Janet. Bienvenidos. This is hanging with it's the Soteros Podcast with Mama and Dada. I love
1: it. Gracias, Ariela. On this episode, we're going to share the first part of our love story. You mm-hmm. ready for this? <laughs> how Edgar and I met, and how Edgar needed to grow up, <laughs> and how we finally became a couple. It was complicated, to be honest. And it is all thanks to Edgar, of course. <laughs> but we hope it can encourage many of you who are still single or just dating.
0: I will own all of that complication. That is very true. <laughs> Pero no me hey. hey. What's crazy about our story is that Jen and I were connected and meant to be even before we were born. Our families were actually already a part of each other without us or them even knowing. Crazy. We will also be hearing some of your unique love stories and how they began. I'm excited. And I finally figured out the real reason why Janet, my wife, has a huge crush on Matthew McConaughey.
1: Is that right, Edgar?
0: Coming up next, <laughs> I will reveal. I figured it out, babe. Oh. Now I know why you love him so much.
1: Oh, okay.
0: We're grateful to for God for giving us another opportunity to hang out with you. My name is your boy, Edgar. This is my beautiful wife, Janet. Hola. Hola. Guys, I finally figured out why my wife Janet is so in love with Matthew McConaughey. What? Even though he's the exact opposite of what I am. <laughs> True. Especially in the looks department.
1: Okay, why?
0: <laughs> it has nothing to do with his abs. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with his beautiful flowy hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Who's more in love, me or you? <laughs> I figured it out, babe. It's what? because Matthew McConaughey also whistles when he talks just like you do. <laughs> what? So in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, if we were to be together, it would be like two pajaritos singing the entire no. time. In serio? Two birds just chirping away at each other. Are you serious? Babe, okay. So for those of you that don't know, Janet, when she talks, is really cute. Chifla. But, she oh, whistles.
1: It's because of the mic, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or do I really sound like that, like in real life? <laughs> I think in real life, that's how the girls know <laughs> where you're at at all times.
1: <laughs> Mama, over here.
0: So, and I'm gonna prove it to you. Okay. Not that I did a lot of research, but I have audio of Matthew McConaughey speaking
1: <gasps> stalker,
0: and he whistles just like Janet. Oh,
1: I just did it. Stalker.
0: <laughs> Here's Janet when she talks.
1: Hanging with Los Otelos
0: on the iHeartRadio. Oh, there it is. Which is <laughs> when Los Otelos. To,
1: listen to, hanging with Los Otelos.
0: Confirmed. Okay. Yes, I admit that. You ready for Matthew McConaughey? Oh my gosh! Let me see. Look how excited you are. <laughs> Get out of here. Never mind. I'm not playing it. You're too excited. All right, Ava. No caution. I Clean know. your plates. You know.
1: No, this is it. For
0: here's Matthew McConaughey, and uh, he's even speaking in español. <gasps> Qué sexy. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. It is hotter in more ways than one. Buenos días, tardes y noches. Aquí Mateo Macanay con un mensaje para todos. Con un mensaje para todos. Con un mensaje para todos. Por favor, si vas a salir de casa, asegura de usar mascarilla. Por favor, con un mensaje para todos. Qué sexy. It legit sounds like the smoke detector when you haven't changed the battery on it. It's just chirping away. Jenny is fanning herself. Did that, make him... Did that make him even sexier that he whistles? Yeah. And you didn't notice that? Did you notice he whistles when he talks? My jaw here?
1: hurts. No. Dave. <laughs> Wow. Uh, oh, I get cute.
0: I don't know if that helped me or hurt
1: me. <laughs> Interesting, huh?
0: I figured out, y'all, y'all well, both whistle, little y'all. chirpy birds. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. By the way, in Spanish, he was saying that y'all should wear a mask, which is cool. I support Usar suppose. por favor. All right. Now, moving right along. Even though I don't look like Matthew McConaughey, Janet did fall in love with me, and I am confident of that. And we are going to share with you the first part of our love story. Mm-hmm. we're going to share this in parts because it's a very long story. In the final part mm-hmm. that we're going to share with you in a few episodes, there is a big announcement that we're going to be making
1: dun, dun, dun.
0: about our family. But we'll leave that for a few episodes from today. Okay. So now we want to share with you how we met. And Janet said it earlier. I did need to grow up a lot. Mm. I was 25 when I met Janet. What's crazier about our story is that we were already connected even before we were born. babe. And when we found out this story of how we were connected even before we were born, it blew our minds. And it's actually something beautiful.
1: Right.
0: We'll share that with you in just a few minutes. The reason why we're going to tell your story is because we hope that it encourages you if you're single. Mm-hmm. You received a lot of DMs from listeners that are single that want to talk more about dating. How do you find, quote unquote, the one? hmm. At the end of this, we just hope that you feel encouraged if you're single or just dating somebody in the beginning stages. And also, if you're already married, just to remember how and why you fell in love with your significant other can also reignite that love for you again. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you remember, even though we evolve and we change as we go, but if you can remember the things that you would do and how you would do the outings, the dates and try to bring some of that back It's got to help, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember a lot of the times we did spontaneous
1: things that made us fall more in love and they didn't even cost much. Like go out camping and buy Subway sandwiches and like camp out for the date and then go back. It's
0: crazy how that's still your favorite date. (laughs) And it cost me like 10 bucks. on Hey, the thought is
1: that counts literally because you put out this tent in the beach and then you brought out sandwiches. And I love
0: that. And I had my laptop. Because iPads didn't exist yet. Yeah. And I put on your favorite movie. Te acuerdas?
1: The sorpresa. It was beautiful.
0: You want to share what your favorite movie is?
1: My ultimate favorite is A Walk in the Clouds. It's a beautiful love story.
0: Because it involves wine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm drinking some. Salud.
0: (laughs) For those of you that are single, I have something to confess to you. And I wonder if you also had the same conversations with yourself that I had when I was single. Hmm. But I used to wonder what my future wife was doing at that same moment. Really? I would sit there and I would say literally in my head, I wonder what my wife is doing right now or who they're doing. Okay. Hey, just <laughs> I didn't ask that. I hope not too many. And then sometimes I would talk to them in my head like. To oh. who? To, to you, but I didn't know it was you. It was just my future wife. Wait, did you know What are you talking about, Edgar? That, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if this is weird or not. But okay. when you're single, huh? completely single, I would say, hey, I wonder what my future wife is doing right now. Are they thinking about okay. their future spouse and what their life is going to be like? How many kids they're going to have, et cetera, oh. et cetera. Did you ever have that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did. I just, not to that weird extent. I had a list, a long list of all the things that I expected and wanted and dreamed and desired in a man. And you checked most of the boxes except your career. And my height, I bet. And <laughs> <laughs> no, pero, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit and be like, oh, I wonder what my future husband's doing.
0: Okay, so I'm, a, I'm the weird one, whatever. <laughs>
1: I mean, it makes me more weird because I married you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why I love you. <laughs> All right, so Janet and I met in the Bay Area.
1: Mm-hmm. Bay Area.
0: In San Francisco, to be exact. I was 25. It was my first full-time radio gig. I went up to San Francisco to work for uh, La Calle, a reggaeton station at that time. I remember just starting to meet people in different events, etc. And as people were getting to know me and, and my vibe, mm-hmm. everybody just kept telling me, dude, you got to meet this girl, Janet, that we know. Yeah. You guys would click and they weren't even speaking like on a romantic basis. They were just saying like, you guys just need to talk. Your vibes are so similar. You're real positive, real social, wanting to be there for other people. Mm -hmm. And people kept bringing you up to me, babe. Yeah, same. Your name over and over again.
1: Same with me. We had all these friends in common that we didn't even know how, because we didn't work in the same career or in anything. I mean, I was going to FIDM, Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in San Francisco, and I was working at Victoria's Secret full time. And we just had all these friends in common that wanted to introduce us. And we kept getting reintroduced. And it was like, oh, you again. Hi. Remember? Like, oh, hi again.
0: Right. At first, people would tell us about each other. And then we actually saw each other at a couple of events. Yeah, because we we're kind of hanging out with the same crew that would party together and hang mm-hmm. out together. And they were introducing me to their whole squad and you were part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What brought you to the Bay? Because I know some people have DM me. They're like, yeah, we want to know more about Janet, too, in the sense of what did you do for college? And yeah. why did you end up in San Francisco? Because you're originally from Watsonville, um,
1: from Watsonville, which
0: is about two hours south of San Francisco.
1: Correct. So uh, what led me to San Francisco was fashion and art. And I got accepted into this private Institute, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. I was working full time, Victoria's Secret and going to school full time. And that's I was there a couple years living downtown and I loved it.
0: What did you graduate with? What degree?
1: AA in visual communications. And then I got a BS in business management from the same institute.
0: So your bachelor's was in business administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. In the next episode, I'll tell you why, because it will touch on that part of our life.
1: Education is really
0: important for us. Love. Love. Up to that point where we met, yeah. what was your dating life like?
1: I was 23. I was just there for school. I don't even know how I was doing it. All this energy. I I had time to work full time. I had time to go to school full time. And then I had social life. And I'm like, now I think about that. And I'm like, how did I have so much energy? Because I would date, you know, different guys, but not necessarily like meaning like kissing and making out and all that. Just I love dancing. So my thing was... Let's go dance and get to know guys. And that was it. But nothing serious.
0: And why did you make that choice that you didn't want to necessarily, like, hook up, sexually speaking, with every dude you would date?
1: Because I knew it was going to be special when I found the one. And my mom would always be like, No vayas a salir con tu domingo siete. (laughs) Which means don't get pregnant. <laughs> and it was like in the back of my head, like, I know I'm not going to have sex because I'm going to get pregnant. <laughs> but plus, like, now I know it's like, no, the right way for me is like, <laughs> like, do it the right way according to God's law.
0: And it wasn't that special once it happened. But later on, it got wah, wah, wah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going back to how we met.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. So,
1: um, yeah. Babe, what was your dating life
0: like? At the point that I met you, I had been single for four years. I was just dating around, but, like, I made it a point to not get into a serious relationship. Mm. It was, like, engraved. Why? I got out of a three-year relationship, uh, high school into college, where, at the end, it was really unhealthy. I just didn't want to be a part of that anymore.
1: What do you mean, unhealthy?
0: It was unhealthy in the way that I was extremely selfish. Even though I had broken it off with my ex, I kept calling her back when it was convenient for me to hang out, and I needed love and attention. Mm. And she still had hopes to get back with me. So she was there every time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So (laughs) I I was very immature and very selfish. And I didn't like that part, that side of me. So I know I needed to grow. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with that. There was a lot of drama that came with that. Mm -hmm. And I was so focused on my career that I didn't want drama or distraction, even if I was the one kind of causing that. Right. Wow. The issue is that she wanted to get married already. And I wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I was like 21 or something. Yeah. Going to college. Actually, what happened is that once we officially, officially ended things completely, no more going back and forth, she ended up getting engaged like six months later.
1: Oh, wow. So she just really wanted to get married, no matter yeah.
0: who. No, no, I think it matters. <laughs> she's a smart woman. And, and I think she's like happily married and has a family now and mm. major props to her. I had a lot of baggage, so I just didn't want to bring it into a relationship.
1: That's very cool for you to admit it and let it go.
0: So anyways, going back to our story, after we were introduced so much. I finally texted you. I remember that. And I was like, yo, according to everybody, we should be hanging out. Right. So we did. We ended up hanging out strictly as friends. We became friends for eight months. Mm-hmm. No benefits. Right. But we would hang out almost every weekend. Love. Do you remember that? Like your friends and my friends.
1: Yeah. We would
0: always be hanging out. And then slowly it turned into just you and I hanging out at times. Right. What I first loved about you, physically, your eyes are just, oh, my gosh is gorgeous and your smiles like no manches tapatia mm-hmm. your parents are from guadalajara but your values as well i know you had an amazing relationship with your parents and that spoke huge to me mm-hmm. and also how you were just so able to adapt to any situation right. like you would go with me if i had to go be at a promotion two hours away from the bay you would go with me and never complain we just listen to like mixed cds like random ass music sing along in the car and then after i did my remote like yeah. you, you were never like too high maintenance. You know what I'm saying? Like demanding. You're right. And then afterwards, we would just go like to the beach by Half Moon Bay and hang out and, and, and grab dinner. But we never crossed the romantic line when we were friends.
1: Believe again. it or not. Yeah, we never did.
0: Because I knew that if I crossed that line, that I would have to make you my girlfriend. Mm. And I was so afraid of that. I was so afraid of commitment. Yeah. Because of the life that I was living. I, I know I was starting to feel something more than just a friendship with you, but I kept trying to, like, push it down. Mm-hmm. At what point do you think you started feeling something more than friends with me?
1: I think we were being so respectful towards each other because I immediately knew that that I had feelings for you. Wow. Like, I met you and and I, I saw you and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, he might not be the type I thought he was.
0: A.K. Matthew McConaughey.
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> tiene algo. He's got something. And I I think I knew. And since we were just friends and having such a fun time hanging out every weekend, I wanted to keep it like that. And I didn't want to be the one to do the first move because I'm like old school. I was like, I got to wait for this guy to, you know, do the first move. And the moment I knew I had feelings for you was when I wanted to tell my parents about this new guy that I had met who was from Ocotlan, Jalisco, Mexico. And I was so excited because you're Mexicano con valores and like, The kind of guy that I wanted to, you know, hook up with and be girlfriend and boyfriend with. I remember I wanted to share with them how that I met you. And um, you got to remember that I lived in San Francisco. So I would take the Greyhound back home and it would take me hours, even though I had a car. But it was harder to have a car in the city because of parking and etc. So anyways, I went home to my parents that weekend and then they were driving me back to San Francisco And I was driving my dad's truck and I remember telling them, Ah, miren, escuchen a este muchacho que acabo de conocer. You know, listen to this guy on the radio that I just met. And you were saying on the radio... That you had moved up to San Francisco from LA because you were gonna have a baby. And I was like,
0: what? Behind my parents' back, because they didn't know that I had hooked up with some random chick in the Bay.
1: So I'm driving my dad's truck, like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> with this guy. And, and my parents are like, oh, okay. Se escucha buena onda. He sounds very cool. And then you're saying this on the radio as I'm driving back to my apartment. I was like, oh my gosh, demasiado bello para ser real. Like, it's too good to be true. So in my mind, I'm like, dang, that sucks. Like I've been talking to this guy and, and he is going to have a baby and he moved from LA here. And like, what am I thinking? And my heart's shaking. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting feelings for this guy. And my parents were like, well, <laughs> that guy that you like. <laughs> so then I turned off the radio. I, you know, they dropped me off and I was a little bit sad. And and then you called me when I got to my apartment. My parents went back home and, and then you and I spoke, right?
0: Yeah, I got off the show. I was like, Hey, Janet, did you hear the show today? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, congratulations yeah. on your baby. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, but did you hear the rest of the show? The no. ending? And you're like, no. I was like, it was an April Fool's prank. Oh my God. It was around April at the time. <laughs> it we-
1: was exactly April Fool's. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
0: we met in February. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it was a prank. You didn't hear. You had turned off the radio by then.
1: And so I called my parents immediately and I said, it is, it's Funaviroma. It was a joke. He, he's not having a baby. And. I'm so excited. And I really like this guy. My parents were like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, this guy's crazy. Why would you even deal with him making oh, up these crazy ass pranks? But no. anyways, about six months in, six or seven months in of us hanging out yeah. where I just felt it now, you know, that feeling you have when you're with somebody and you just feel like the chemistry and when they're next to you, you just want to make out with them. Like I would feel that more and more <laughs> with you, babe, as the time went by and we were hanging out.
1: That's so funny. Cause I was just gonna say, um, you know, I knew I, I like loved you from the beginning because I'm like, I can't live without this guy.
0: No, no, absolutely. I enjoyed my time with you more than anything. No. But I'm just saying I felt that attraction. What I'm saying, it was more than friends. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get to. For sure. But it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna do what I do with most of the girls that I start hanging out with. And I'm just gonna be like, hey. Things are getting complicated. I don't want their feelings to get involved and then somebody gets hurt. So I think we should stop talking.
1: How many girls did you do that to?
0: Uh, I don't know. Just a few. <laughs> it was just, I was dumb immature. <laughs> but I remember I was dropping you off at your apartment in San Francisco one day. And I was like, we're, were have- just friends. Yeah, yeah, we're just friends. But I was like, I'm going to have this conversation with Janet. Mm-hmm. And we we're parked in front of your apartment. And I said to you, I don't know how you're feeling, but I have really strong feelings towards you. Like, I want to be with you more than friends, but I know that you deserve someone better than me. Mm -hmm. Someone that doesn't have this crazy career, that doesn't have this weird lifestyle of working in the radio and and hosting clubs and all this craziness. Mm -hmm. You deserve somebody that can devote a thousand percent of their attention to you. You're super smart. You're going to college. You have amazing family values. You deserve something way better than me. Maybe I'm assuming, but I think you have feelings towards me too. And Jen, I remember you saying, yeah, I do. And I said, okay, good. I think we should stop talking.
1: You're just trying to get rid of me again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I was just going on and on and on and on. And Janet's not. We're in the car. Budging. She's not making, she's not responding. She's not fighting back. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to stop talking. I remember you said this to me. You said, Are you done? And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Cause I was just babbling. And you're like, well, I appreciate you thinking you know what's best for me and <laughs> trying to make a decision of who I should date. But I know what's best for me. Yeah. And what's best for me is being with you, Edgar. And you know that I'm what's best for you, but you're not man enough.
1: I still can't believe I told that. To step up,
0: mm-hmm. to admit it, and be with me. So when you grow up and you grow a pair, Call me. Call me. And then Janet opens the (laughs) door. Yep. Walks out of my car. No tears. No yelling. No drama. And I'm like, pero como? Who is this woman? I know what I'm worth. I knew because it would happen every time with every other girl that I would have this conversation with. It would create this crazy dramatic scene. And then they would rush off crying or whatever or curse me out. And then I would be like. And that's why I don't want to talk to her because she's drama.
1: Oh, okay. But you didn't do it.
0: No lo hiciste.
1: No. I, no No lloren.
0: And I was just perplexed no by you. Yeah. I tried to get rid of you, but you wouldn't go away. No. <laughs> here we are. I'll find you. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> it's funny because later on in our relationship, I decided to take a break for a week. But anyways. <laughs> el <laughs> no, inmaduro. No.
1: Les presento el inmaduro.
0: I was super immature. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But then shortly after that, babe, you danced ballet folklorico, which is traditional dance um, in Mexico, Mexican folk, Mm -hmm. beautiful, big dresses, beautiful makeup, being from Jalisco, both of us. That's very rich part of our culture. Right. El ballet folklorico. So I found out shortly after that, that Janet was going to end up going to China. Mm -hmm. And this was a year before the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. China, what they wanted to do to expose their citizens to other cultures, because China limits the amount of information that their citizens get. Receive, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they invited people from every country to come to China a year before the Olympics. Correct. Basically tour China.
1: And do a cultural. Mm-hmm. Doing desfiles.
0: Correct. To expose their culture and their dances. And babe, take it from here. Yeah, no, I was very,
1: very proud to represent Mexico. And I got to go and dance and perform. And I told my team, hey, can I bring my parents? Because it was going to be their wedding anniversary. And and everybody loves my parents. So it was such a blessing. And I'll never forget that I got to go to China with my parents and represent Mexico. And we we just did tours um, all over China. We went to Beijing and performed and did parades and... Just dance, ballet folklorico. And my parents loved the culture. My dad, they they said, your parents can come, but they have to dress and, and walk in the parade and carry the Mexican flag. So imagine my parents with the Mexican flag and I'm like performing. And it was such a beautiful experience. And I was like, this is going to be a great test to see how much I miss Edgar.
0: And it was. Get out of here. You weren't thinking about me. Bebe,
1: te lo juro que sí. Si. I would me tell time. my parents, oh, Mom, Dad, like, lo extraño, I miss him. And we were just friends. We weren't even like boyfriend, girlfriend.
0: I was going but crazy. I
1: couldn't communicate with you for two weeks because of the distance. And I was going crazy too, but you didn't know that.
0: <laughs> First of all, I am so proud of you for being so proud of representing Mexico in such a beautiful event and taking your parents. That's why I love you, babe, because of the value. Nobody else took their the parents. Worth your parents, <laughs> Tienes <mamitis y> <laughs> <laughs> the same as I do. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing for your parents to be able to hold the Mexican flag representing that way. Mm-hmm. But when you were gone, I remember I was going crazy. And this is after I tried to get rid of you the first time. <laughs> and I remember calling your roommate. Mm-hmm. Crystal. Crystal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, Hey, uh, has Jenna communicated with you? Has she asked anything about me? I just and she's like no. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay.
1: Oh, but and you did a beautiful so thing, sad. babe. I don't know if you
0: remember. What's that? Right before
1: I left, see, it is super detallista, and I love this about you. Like you pay attention to so much detail, and you you're so thoughtful about things. And right before I left to China, you gave me a bracelet that said Mexico. And you're, like, beautiful when you speak. You're like, can you please put this on and wear it and think of me and represent Mexico well? And I was like, of course. So, like, I carried it with me and I had it on my wrist. And I, it was like you were with me the whole time. It was beautiful.
0: That's when I realized, love, when you were gone for those two weeks and I had no communication with you. Yeah. That my life was way better with you in it than with you out. And when you came back is... Um, When I decided that I wanted to ask you to be my girlfriend. Now, something else that was very important to me at that time, we were talking about, you know, looking for those qualities that you want in a future husband or wife or significant other. And to me, it was zero drama, which you're pretty much there. A hundred percent. You had amazing family values. And by that time, even though you already had faith in God and all that, Mm -hmm. we started going to church together. I would invite all my friends to church regardless. You know what I'm saying? But you were coming every Sunday. On your own, you uh-huh. decided to get baptized right? and you gave your life to Christ and accepted it in your heart as your Lord and Savior.
1: And let me clear something that up. That was
0: awesome. I was
1: doing all that for me. I wasn't doing it for you, which is something that I explained to my mom later because she was like, oh, you're going to Christian church. And, and, you know, is he changing you? <laughs> like thinking that you were changing me? And I'm like, no, I can't explain to you this amazing feeling I have when I go to church. And so I, I was happy to go with you every weekend. And I'm so grateful to that because now we have God and my parents have God and my whole family have God now, a relationship with him. So it's right. it's
0: beautiful. So for me, babe, you checked off all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time you invited me to your house to go meet your parents because we were hanging out so much. you were like, hey, do you want to come home to Watsonville with me? Say what's up to my parents? Because there was times since you were going to school in San Francisco, you would go visit your parents in Watsonville. Just come hang out. My parents are going to cook us some caldos and some birria and carne asada, everything. I was like, hell yeah, yes, let's go. Free food. So no lanzamos. And you had no idea what I was about to do. Right. But we're eating un caldito de camarones that your dad had made.
1: Que le faltó sal, por cierto. <laughs> we'll never forget.
0: It. La neta. I'll never say it to your dad uh, though. So soup. Janet's dad made us uh, a shrimp soup. Soup, yeah. Fresh. And I remember as we were wrapping up eating, I said to your parents, Les tengo una pregunta. I have a question for you guys. I would like to ask for your permission to be able to date your daughter. You threw us all off. And then I said, and then (laughs) they didn't respond. And then I just kept on babbling. I was like, you know, I didn't mean to fall in love with her.
1: Yo no quería enamorarme
0: (laughs) sass what yeah i didn't want to but she's an amazing woman and then i remember your dad going wait you don't want to fall in love with my daughter is that what you just said (laughs) i was like no 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 no
1: i think you were nervous and your delivery sucked
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying that it wasn't my intention but your daughter's so amazing that it's impossible not to fall in love with her i think that would have sounded better (laughs) (laughs) and then i said can i have your permission to date her and they're like did you ask her? No. And Janet's like, no me ha preguntado a mí. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I already know she's going to say yes. está tirando la tanga desde hace rato. And I'm like, Janet, will you be my girlfriend? And you're like, yeah, right? What did you say? I don't remember else. I was remember. like, yeah.
1: I kept eating. I'm, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
1: why didn't you ask me alone?
0: <laughs> Embarrassing. But that's how I asked <laughs> no, Janet that to be was my beautiful.
1: girlfriend. Beautiful. I love that. It was like so old school asking for permission. and It was beautiful.
0: And then we dated for two years straight. Uh, things were going very well for us, except for about four months. In I did decide that I wanted a break in our relationship uh, for about a week. Again. And again, it's being, being immature, being afraid of like, oh, my gosh, she's the one. This is getting
1: serious. This yes. is
0: it. And that next thing is marriage. And I was like freaking out about that. But you can hear that story. In episode four, if you go back to the list of our episodes, episode four dives into that a thousand percent. But we made it out of that, thank God. Mm -hmm. And two years into our relationship, I get the news that a radio station in Dallas, Texas Mm -hmm. had offered me a morning radio show, which was my dream. Big deal. Mm -hmm. I was doing afternoon drive, 3 to 7 p.m. in the Bay, which I was having fun and things were going great. But I eventually want to do a morning show because I would be able to speak more Connect with the audience, ayudar a la comunidad más, etc. right? Help out the community. And I remember I was afraid to tell Janet the news because obviously what does that mean for us, right? When I told you in the news, this just proved once again what an amazing woman you are, babe. You already knew about the potential job, but I told you they offered me the job. It's official. I'm going to Dallas to do this morning show. It's a great opportunity for me. And I'm expecting the first thing to come out of Janet is, what about us? ¿Y nosotros qué? But instead, I remember you hugged me and you celebrated that with me. And you said, you deserve this. I'm so proud of you. Te va super bien. I'm going to support you a thousand percent. And then I'm the one that said, what about us? <laughs> and you're like, if God wants us to be together, yeah, distance or nothing will stop it from happening. Oh, if that's what God's will is.
1: getting teary-eyed just thinking about those moments. I remember I told my dad. I have a great relationship with my dad, my mom, and my brother. And I told the men of my life, I was like, dad, brother, my boyfriend's leaving. And they were like, this is good. If it's meant to be, it's going to happen. And it gave me so much strength to be like, okay, like it's going to be okay.
0: And I remember by then, love, that both you and I had a yellow post-it note. One was in your mirror in your apartment. Uh And one I had in my mirror, in my bathroom mirror, in my apartment. And it was our favorite Bible verse. Mm -hmm. And this verse has shown up in our life at every step, at every foggy moment, at every moment like what we're going through today, where you're not sure of what's going to happen next. But you just believe in God's promise, which is Jeremiah 29, 11. And that has been the scripture that our relationship is has been established. The foundation of our relationship. It's, yes. It is.
1: It's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a
0: future. We just reverted to that. And moments moving forward, as we'll get in future episodes about when we had to make decisions about moving cities again or losing a job or not being able to get pregnant when we we're trying to get it pregnant. We kept repeating to ourselves that verse. God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Mm-hmm. And we share that with you because that is the thread in our relationship from day one Mm -hmm. is believing God's promises and being led by him, by his GPS. Mm. God God has a spinning system, right? I ended up moving out to Dallas.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: And in the next episode, we'll dive into what the long distance relationship brought, what kind of drama that brought. And (laughs) finally, the ultimatum that changed our lives forever. Mm -hmm. We'll dive into that in the next episode. But we did ask you, Familia, to share some of your stories and unique ways that maybe you met your significant other. And the stories that came in were absolutely amazing. You'll hear them coming up next. Welcome back, Familia. Now you're about to hear some of our listener stories of how they met. And their love stories began in the most unique way possible. But first, I'm gonna read one that came in via social media. You can look us up at hashtag Los Hotelos. Vane E20 wrote this. She met her love at her quinceañera, mm. and by her sweet sixteen, they were pregnant. What a le? Not just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Salió con doble regalo. No, but they actually did meet at her quinceañera. Check out the story. Okay. She said, I met my husband at my quinceañera, which is a party that uh, a lot of Latinas have when they turn 15. It's like sweet 16, but for Latinas. She says, we needed two extra chambelanes. And my mom told the lady that she worked with If her sons would be our chambelanes. They were like recruiting (laughs) for guys to be part of her. That's cool. uh, Part of her group and part of their dance crew, right? Uh Entourage. Yeah, entourage. So she says, my now husband, who was my mom's friend's son that she worked with, said he would agree to be my chambelan. But first he needed to see my picture on Facebook to make sure that I wasn't ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So he went on my Facebook and obviously he fell in love. (laughs) He was one of my chambelanes at my quinceanera. Long story short, we are now together. Still together. Eight years later.
1: That's awesome. That's cool, right? This is Perla from Instagram. I met my love at a nightclub. The funny thing is I confused him with my ex. And I got really mad thinking my ex was already going out after we broke up. Yeah, I know. I was too. But that's different. (laughs) (laughs) So then this guy asked me to go dance. That's when I realized he wasn't my ex.
0: So he just looked like her ex.
1: We have been dating for eight years now. And no, of course, he doesn't know I once confused him with my ex.
0: Until now. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thanks to hanging with Los Adelos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you because that way I never missed my ex. <laughs> Here are some of the voice messages that came in via the DM of unique ways that people met their significant other. This is from our friends at Divine Light underscore studios. Vanessa and Roy shared their story. Check this out.
1: How we met is that we were actually dating each other's best friends. Oh. And uh, one Friday night, my uh, friend invited me to a party saying he was going to meet up with the girl and she was going to take a friend. So when we get to the party, uh, I see this beautiful girl walking towards me.
0: And at the last minute, she crisscrossed with her friend <laughs> and I ended up with a friend. And my friend ended up with my future beautiful wife.
1: <gasps> but that was only temporary because three years later, we ended up running into each other again and rekindling our friendship. And that ended up to a marriage. Here we are nine years down the road with a beautiful baby boy and everything ended up how it was meant to be. Wow. See what it's meant to be is meant to be.
0: And their wedding song was it ain't no fun. At the, and home the- gang, okay. hey,
1: just wow, played. that's so cool though Like they cross paths and they looked at each other And they're like, nope, yeah. not you But then later
0: Roy's friend was already basically dating Vanessa And Roy was whoa. hoping that Vanessa was going to be the girl for him at that party But it wasn't until years later
1: Can you picture that moment? Oh my it, gosh It probably made Roy even love Vanessa even more or want her like the- <laughs> Okay, the next audio is from Lisbeth Terrazas
0: Hi Edgar Hi Well, we went to elementary, <laughs> junior high and high school together we never talked or officially met. And six years after high school, we met up at a friend's birthday party in Pasadena and sparks flew. I mean, literally. Obviously, I wasn't thinking, but I grabbed a pile of uh, napkins and I put them on top of a candle. <gasps> and, well, they caught on fire. Oh! And he grabbed the orange juice pitcher and put the fire out. <gasps> and he asked me for my number. And uh, a few days later, I actually called him and uh, we started dating pretty soon after that. Uh, we just celebrated our ninth year wedding anniversary Aww. and we have uh, two kids. It's been such a blessing. It was it was a lot of fun. And I'm so glad that I I went to that party that day.
1: Ooh. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you Lisa for sharing. So she. Basically married a superhero. Put out that fire right there with some orange juice. (laughs) The Las Mimosas. Wow,
1: cool story. Uh,
0: Next audio we have is from Yadira. Let's hear her story and how her and her hubby met.
1: Hi, Edgar and Janet. Hi. Hi. This is Yadira from Southgate. I met my husband at work and that's not all that interesting. But what was interesting was one of the first thing he told me on our first date was that he thought that his ex-wife, his daughter's mom, who he had full custody of, lived in the same apartment building as I did. Mm. And so after talking and narrowing it down, it turns out that, yes, <laughs> I had met and interacted with and let his ex borrow something from my kitchen oh. um, way before I even <laughs> met him or started dating him.
0: Ooh, She's like, and in return, I borrowed her husband. I'm <laughs> not just kidding. <laughs> but even before they met, babe.
1: Crazy stories. I love this.
0: This apartment complex was must have been popping. This oh. was a place to get a wife. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that, Yadira. And last but not least, uh, we have Joanne's story from Instagram. And her first kiss with her now husband is absolutely amazing. Check this out.
1: Hi. So I met my husband um, at church. Um, at the time I met him, he had a girlfriend, um, so we didn't really speak then. Then a couple years went by and we met up again at church. Um, he had broken up with his girlfriend. So then we started talking. We became just friends. And then um, I got sick. I found that I had colon cancer and he was with me the whole time at the hospital. He wouldn't leave my bedside pretty much Um, Mm -hmm. But we were still just friends. Um, Our first kiss was at the hospital. And then when I came out of the hospital, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And the rest is history. Uh, We've been together for 12 years. Uh, We've been married for seven and we have three beautiful girls. Mm -hmm. So God is good. Amen to that.
0: Congratulations on being a survivor. I want to take this example right here. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share with you that you will know. How much somebody truly loves you and wants to be with you because of their actions, and how much time they're willing to spend with you, what priority you are in their life. And I say that because a lot of times people are in toxic relationships and they finally make the decision to leave that person because of how badly they've been treated. They're not very high on their priority list and they keep getting lied to. But Usually, in this case, the man cries and says, I can't believe you want to leave me. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to change. I promise. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they won't, but you forgive too easily and go back without them showing any receipts that they have truly changed. Mm -hmm. They have to prove first that they are a different person and that you are a priority in their life. And then you start allowing them back into your life slowly again. Mm -hmm. But even when you start dating, that's why it's so important to not go in a thousand percent speed. Because you got to see receipts. You are worth it. You are so valuable. You matter that not just any old body can come by and have you. Mm -hmm. O sea, el que quiere azul celeste. Que le cueste. The saying in Spanish, it probably doesn't <laughs> translate something about a blue horse. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that when somebody wants something valuable, you got to work for it. Right. And when you work for it, that's when you know it's worth it.
1: That's totally true. I agree with that, babe. It starts with us. You got to believe in yourself, respect yourself, know your worth, and then others will respect you and love you. If you love yourself, others are going to love you. It, it's like a you attract it, you know? So start by yourself, loving yourself, respecting yourself, and you're going to give that and then you're going to receive that. That's what I would say. And also, if you're single, pray for that man, pray for your future husband, pray for the things you want in life and and God will respond and, and answer your prayers. I honestly, I prayed for you, babe. I prayed for a guy. I was like ah, dating, dancing and this and that, like, you know, of the world. But then when I started doing this list, I want a guy who's funny, who disrespectful, who's um, caballeroso, who's detallista, you know, that all the little things that I wanted, even if it's like ridiculous and dumb yeah. to others, to me, it was a big, the big deal. And, and I prayed about that. So know your worth, respect yourself, love yourself and do that to others. And then pray, pray to God and, and be patient
0: because God's timing is perfect. Amen to that. Yeah. Don't rush into something just because you feel lonely because then you'll end up in a relationship where even if you are with that person, you're still going to feel lonely.
1: Even if your friends are all dating, getting married, having kids, who cares? Good for them. You know, applaud their milestones, but your time is
0: going to come. And by the time your time comes, they're already going to be getting divorced anyway. No, just playing.
1: (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Just playing, just
0: playing. So Echeliganas, as you guys can tell, faith has been a big part of our relationship and it's our foundation and it's helped us out tremendously. Um, And actually something that, we ended up doing when we were dating. We weren't even thinking about getting married yet. I wasn't even thinking about proposing. Nope. We were about a year and a half into our relationship, and Janet and I decided to go to premarital counseling. At our church. At Mm -hmm. our church. Our church was offering free premarital (laughs) counseling, and most of the couples that were in there were either already married (laughs) or about to get married like a week away from that or about to get proposed to.
1: And we were like, let's just do it for fun, just so we could... Get to know each other.
0: And get to learn how to better communicate, right? And that's where we learn things like how it's so important to speak in we terms and not in you terms.
1: Because we're a team.
0: And how God unites us and we're a team with God versus the enemy's attacks and whatever else may come our way. I mean, it's stuff that has been the foundation of our relationship today that when we are starting to get into a fight, we know that it's an attack Mm -hmm. and it's not Janet versus me, but really it's us versus these attacks that are coming in and how can we respect each other and if janet loses and i win we actually both lose and vice versa so
1: yeah that really helped our marriage but i remember when we were uh, taking the classes a lot of those sunday mornings you had to go work and i would show up to class and i was the only one by myself and i was like this is great because if edgar comes in running that means he really loves me prueba, like a test. I'm like, if he's coming in there, because everybody's sitting with their, you know, significant other, and there you were, running in the door, you know, last minute showing up. And I was like, <laughs> yep, he loves me.
0: <laughs> right, but that goes back to my previous point. If somebody really mm-hmm. is about you, then they're going to be a reflection of you. What I mean by that is they're going to do whatever it takes to spend time with you and to build on your relationship. And this was important for us, for us to learn how to be a healthier relationship, yeah. and communicate better. So definitely recommend that. Even if you're just dating, yeah, look for premarital classes and learn how to have a healthy relationship. All right, so last but not least, we want to share with you how Janet and I were already connected and I feel meant to be even before we were born. Our families in some weird type of way were connected But they didn't even know, and we didn't even know. Right. As you guys know, we're very close to our parents. So when we were dating, my parents would come visit me in the Bay Area from LA. I would fly them up. I don't know, once every two months or something like that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And since Janet and I were already in a serious relationship, uh, we would go visit Janet's parents in Watsonville. and We have these amazing carne asadas in your backyard. Mm, Yeah. Y nos sentábamos en los equipales que tu papá... A mano. Sabe hacer. Uh-huh. Y sabe hacer, this right? is one of my favorite stories, by the way. <laughs> These amazing chairs that Janet's dad makes by hand. Yeah. Uh, equipales. And we would sit there in the backyard under that huge tree that you guys have. Yeah. Watsonville is right by Santa Cruz, California. So it's like 10 minutes away from the beach, yes. if that. Yeah. So it would be this beautiful breeze. We're having carnasadas, some costillitas, con piña, tortillas. Sometimes your mom would make some birria. My mouth is watering. Oh, que rico. <laughs> And we would have these such amazing conversations. Yeah. And I would love that my dad, in paz descanse, rest in peace, would sit down and have these hour to two hour long conversations with your dad. Non-stop. And just talk about how they grew up. They grew up in neighboring towns in Mexico.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: San Pedro de Tezistán and Ocotlan, Jalisco, which are close to El Lago de Chapala in Mexico. So they would talk about life and music. And I would just love to sit in and listen. Mm-hmm. Because in a way, I felt like I was reliving those moments as one of their friends. Right. Like I was there with them. Right. They were talking about the music that they would dedicate to their now wife. Right.
1: Yeah, because my family, if you remember, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. My dad's dad was in a mariachi. Like he had a mariachi with his kids and one of my uncles would, would sing and... So music has always been a big part of my family. So I think your dad and my dad hit it off with with that, with the music and the songs that they would dedicate their girlfriends at the time.
0: Yes, and and my dad eventually became an MC. He was a full time photographer, but he was also an MC. Uh, he just loved music and events and so on and so forth. And so he was telling mi suegro, your dad, baby, señor Arturo, he was telling him like, oh yeah, I would dedicate songs from. Los dandies and this trio and this and that. Javier
1: Solis. Javier
0: Solis. Jose Alfredo Jimenez. You know, this beautiful era of boleros and that music in Mexico, the golden era. Really romantic music. And my dad would have to stand across the street from my mom's house to bring a trio or to bring a mariachi and music because my mom's dad couldn't know that it was exactly for her because <laughs> she would get in trouble. So it was just like, there's a random trio or mariachi playing across the street. We don't know who it's for, though. You just had to guess. It was for you. <laughs> but my dad would would take these serenatas mm-hmm. for my mom. He would dedicate songs from Jorge Valente. Mm. And so when my dad said this, Oh, le dedicaba canciones de Jorge Valente. I saw your dad's eyes light up, babe. Yeah. He's like, Jorge Valente? <laughs> The name of the artist, and my dad's like, See, sí. like, yeah, do you know of him? Like, because we got to meet him a couple times when he would come through Cotran, Jalisco at certain events, etc., etc., and we loved his music. And then my suegro goes, Wow, Jorge Valente is my brother.
1: Rest in peace, too. Rest in
0: peace. Yeah, Janet's uncle was indirectly with his music serenading <laughs> my mom. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Isn't that beautiful? Like yeah. when I heard that, I immediately, I remember I got up as fast as I could, which wasn't too fast because I, I ate a lot of carne asada. <laughs> and I ran and told you this story and your mom came. My mom came and uh, we, we were, we were in got, the kitchen. Yeah. Were, and you guys were outside. Uh-huh. I got all teary eyed. It was like beautiful. Yo lloro de todo, la neta. But it was so beautiful, babe, to know that my parents' love story was already the beginning of, of our, our love, love story. story.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Before their kids even met. Yeah, Through your uncle Jorge Valente and Paz Descanse, through your dad's family loving music and mariachi and yeah. boleros and my dad dedicating your uncle's songs to my mom.
1: There was like an immediate admiration for each other's families at that moment. It was like, like we just hit it off. Like, wow, we took it to another level. 54 years ago, babe, or more, your dad serenading your mom with my yeah. uncle's music. How cool is that?
0: Yeah, this happened in the 60s, in the 1960s, where my dad was serenading my mom. Yeah. (laughs) And I was born in 82. You were born in 84. Wow. It's so cool. Anyways, familia, thank you so much for hanging out with us, familia. And thank you for all of your amazing support. Please subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform that you listen to us, whether it be Spotify, iHeart. And especially on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rate it. It helps us tremendously.
1: Follow us on social media, hashtag Los Hotelos, or on our website, losotelos.com. Thanks for hanging out with us
0: on Los Hotelos Podcast.
1: Learn more at go. slash You know. Reserve.